So Flores has tried everything to get this job and to have this happen, but he's willing to step out and say, this is what happened to me. Here's a class action lawsuit. Anyone else want to step up and join me? That is what really could humiliate the NFL if all of a sudden there's 10 guys who want to do this. A couple of things are happening as a result of China. One is there's likely not to be any invasion, certainly, while the Olympics are taking place. As a matter of fact, Putin is attending the opening ceremony to support his cohort and colleague, uh, President Xi. I've always believed that, that Jim Harbaugh, even when he took the job at Michigan, that he always wanted to get back to the NFL, always wanted to try to win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, he was preparing for this interview. He was really working hard at it. You're listening to Pod Suey, the week's top stories served a la carte. Subscribe at thegreatvoice.com or wherever you get your podcasts. President Biden has approved the deployment of 3,000 American troops to Germany, Poland, and Romania as Russian President Vladimir Putin continues to move more of his troops to the Ukrainian border. One wild card in this tense standoff is China. Retired four-star General Jack Keane joined Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz to discuss what their involvement could mean for the brewing conflict. Well, China certainly will uh, will play a role here. I mean, clearly a couple of things are happening as a result of China. One is there's likely not to be any invasion, certainly, while the Olympics are taking place. As a matter of fact, Putin is attending the opening ceremony to support his cohort and colleague, uh, President Xi. This is his uh, biggest, uh, certainly, event uh, in recent time in terms of propaganda value to the Chinese. Uh, So Putin is not going to take the attention of the international community away from the Olympics by uh, executing a war in Europe. Uh, And secondly, China, they do have a relationship. It's growing and increasing despite the historical differences that they have had in the past. And I think you accurately mentioned that uh, in the event that uh, sanctions are imposed on Russia, which if the administration follows through with what they're suggesting, they would be quite significant. China would likely uh, not, would likely continue to trade with Russia. And if we shut down a lot of our high technology exports to Russia, which we are suggesting we're going to do, uh, China would be able to make up some of that. But make no mistake, if the administration follows through with the sanctions that they intend to impose on, on the large central banks that Russia has, they don't have a lot of them like the United States does, it, it will be quite devastating uh, to Russia. Uh, and they're going to shut down any uh, foreign lending. Certainly Russia, uh, China can still do some of that, but it'd be, it would be quite significant. And they're going to shut down... Um, their their sovereign defense fund in terms of uh, investors pushing into that, and they will not let China, uh, in any consequential way, sell off their bonds to you know to ease their debt. So there will be uh, significant economic sanctions imposed. My frustration with all of this, uh, uh, Tom and Kevin, is we should have been doing some of this now. Uh, we have com- the Russians are provoking this. They've got 125,000 troops surrounding Ukraine. Obviously, that's intimidating. Uh, that's not about uh, Russian exercises. And we certainly have the wherewithal to go after them in terms of increasing the arms to uh, Ukraine in terms of what they really need, any aircraft, anti-ship weapons. And also, in addition to the anti-tank weapons they are receiving, we should have begun the sanctions and, and let Russia know that we're dead serious about this. 
and try to deter the invasion as opposed to doing it after the invasion. Instead of uh, acting immediately on uh, on that, uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, he, he provided a handwritten response to uh, Russians' demands, and, and uh, Putin said, well, he was going to carefully consider it. Do, do you think Putin is going to carefully consider what Anthony Blinken sent over, or did, does Putin already know what he's going to do? Well, I think we are in a diplomatic phase right now. Uh, putting the Olympics aside, uh, based on what I said, there's two paths being taken. One, yes, we did provide a written response uh, to Putin's proposal, and and they're assessing that. The two major points of that proposal that we're not accepting is uh, Ukraine can never become a part of NATO, and two, we should pull all of our NATO should pull its NATO forces out of Eastern European countries, which have became a part of NATO since 1997. Many of them were the former Soviet Union countries. We're not going to do that. But there are negotiating items in there on offensive missiles, both on the Russian side and the U.S.-NATO side, uh, also nuclear intermediate-range weapons. That's another discussion point. And the third thing is military exercises. Well, whether that's enough to really scratch uh, Putin's itch here or not, I, I, I somewhat doubt it. Uh, and it's not enough face-saving for him to send the troops home uh, just uh, negotiating on the on those on those three items latest u.s intelligence claims russia's next step in the conflict is to create propaganda videos of fake attacks by ukraine to justify the invasion oakland county prosecutor karen mcdonald is asking a judge to prevent james and jennifer crumbly parents of the oxford high school shooting suspect ethan crumbly from exchanging terms of affection in the courtroom. In past court hearings, the Crumleys can be seen mouthing affectionate messages to each other that McDonald says can be distracting and disrespectful to the victims' families. Podsui legal analyst Todd Flood on the Paul W. Smith Show. In this particular situation, mouthing terms of endearment or giving communications that uh, would interrupt a court proceeding, the court can stop. And uh, Karen McDonald is is within her purview to make sure that communications between the defendants, because it's in a remote, they're, they're on TV, and everyone is there to dis- see any communications. Uh, if it disrupts a court proceeding, Karen McDonald has the right to say to the judge, hey, listen, enough, we need some proper etiquette. Their terms of endearment can happen someplace else. Uh, you know, if they need a breakout room to confer with each other, the attorneys and clients, that's something completely different. Now, the nuance in this particular situation, from what I understand and how I uh, uh, have seen it go down, is that this was a breakout room where uh, the court was not on record. This was a situation where the court, the judge, and other parties were in a conference and left the room, the courtroom specifically, and there was the term of endearment between the two co-defendants. You're allowed under every single county to have conversation and low tones uh, between parties uh, outside in the hallway or the like. That's the nuance here. Uh, So I think, candidly, uh, if this is going to spark uh, um, fumes and spark the, uh, the, the heated passions of, of the, the victim's rights, 
uh, as they watch in the courtroom, the court can say, hey, listen, none of this communication should take place, period, in my courtroom if, if it's going to disrupt the court proceedings. Um, so that's a discretionary call upon the judge, uh, one in which he or the judge has the, the right to make sure that it doesn't disrupt these types of communications, don't disrupt the court proceedings, period. Todd, is this, in your mind, really significant and important? No, it's not. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're devolving sometimes as a society. You know, uh, I see every day when we be live in court and, you know, uh, a defendant, a presumed innocent, sees his mother or grandparents or wife or loved ones in the courtroom and says, I love you, and mouthing as they come out of the bullpen in the back. No judge has ever, ever that I've seen stricken a defendant for saying that or mouthing that in very low tones of, of that. So I've now, I've, in my 25 years of practice, I've never seen that. So um, that, that to me seems to be a little off. Here, what Karen McDonald is doing is trying to placate or take care of the, the rage, the, the rage the victims are feeling. And understandably so, understandably so. I'm not going to diminish that. Right. But uh, you're, you're hitting on to a, a nerve, a point where when was the last time someone that uh, said, I love you, or mouthed it in a very quiet, innocuous way, uh, was, was, shamed for that i mm -hmm. i don't know of one i so, don't know it, 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 i hate to do this to you but um your best guess scenario on how likely it is that the crumblies will be found guilty of these charges four counts each of involuntary manslaughter under these uh, circumstances con connected to the shooting deaths by allegedly their son well every case is made up of facts and here the big facts are going to be this paul w um, did they leave this gun in open access knowing that their son had mental issues? Did they leave it in open access wherein he could easily get it and uh, do such harm uh, is going to be a major issue. And showing a, that he is, they, the parents, are a proximate cause of this carnage, of this unconscionable act. They're a proximate cause of the death is going to be the hurdle for the right. jury to overcome. Former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores is suing the National Football League along with the Dolphins, New York Giants, and Denver Broncos for discriminatory hiring practices. The lawsuit was filed after Flores received an erroneous text message from Patriots head coach Bill Belichick congratulating him on getting the head coaching job in New York. When Flores asked Belichick if he had the right Brian, Belichick apologized and said he had the wrong guy. Belichick meant to text Brian Dabble, who the Giants had already decided on as their next head coach. But Flores did have an interview scheduled with the New York Giants, which the team went through with, due to the Rooney Rule, which requires NFL teams to interview coaching candidates of color, even though they had no intention on giving Flores the job. Dan Wetzel has been covering this story for Yahoo Sports, and he went on with Guy Gordon. It's one of those confirmations or, or, or something close to confirmation of what we long expected is like, okay, you have this Rooney rule, but they've had that for years and years, and often they'll interview five people for the job, one of them be African-American, and it'll go to, it won't go to him. And, you know, some coaches, uh, you know, will end up 
doing five, six, seven interviews. And obviously, you know, they tried to put a, a, a brave face on it or paint it as, look, I'm just paying my dues. Eventually this is going to happen. But obviously, uh, privately, when you talk to to uh, African-American coaches or any minority coach, it's just like, what do I got to do? The goalposts move. Am I just being a, a pawn here? Um, and, and Brian Flores, you know, he's 40 years old and he's willing to step out and say, Look, this is what happened to me, and this isn't right. This isn't fair. This 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 took down, and you know he 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 pointed to that and and some some incidents that happened at his job at Miami where he had two out of his three seasons were winning seasons before getting fired. Um, and well, so after the, he inherited a, an ugly looking roster too. I mean, can we? Yeah. I mean, that was a horrible team. Horrible team, and and then by you know first year they go five and eleven, and, and he's actually alleging that the owner Stephen Ross was telling him to, I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollar bonus if you lose more games to tank, which is an an unbelievable accusation. It, it actually could be believable, but it's an incredible accusation of of almost game fixing. Um, you know, it's one thing to to tank and try to get a good draft pick. We've certainly been through that in Detroit and understand that mentality, it's a whole different if you're paying someone to hopefully lose. And Flores wouldn't do it. Um, they won five games their first year. He won three out of the last five. He's like, no, I'm trying to win. And he's well, like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, they don't want to get painted as you're the guy who went one in 15. You're never getting another job. So Flores has tried everything to get this job and to have this happen. But he's willing to step out and say, this is what happened to me. Here's a class action lawsuit. Anyone else want to step up and join me? And that is what really could humiliate the NFL if all of a sudden there's 10 guys who want to do this. And he says that this is bigger than his coaching career, and and so he's standing on principle. You know, I'm reminded of what happened with John Gruden. I mean, when you start poking around, if there's a discovery process here where you start poking around in emails both in in Miami or in Denver or in, um, in, in New York, um, you can unearth a lot of other, other stuff because the chips don't always fall where you think they're going to. But it, it's a long way from saying that this ugly thing happened with the Giants going through the, the motions and saying that it's evidence of discrimination. Because my understanding is he has to show that it was his race that got him passed over or that got him fired. That's a pretty high bar. It's a very high bar. And that's there's almost two separate things here. Uh, one, I think, is more of a a broader narrative that you would say, like you said, court of public opinion, right? 10 people come out and say, Hey, this is what's happening to me. Look at this. This is what they do. This is how they try to paint you as difficult. Or you once presided over, you know, they had a, they had a coach, a one-year coach this year in Houston. The, the Texans had no chance of being good. And he's fired after one season. Look, look at your record. You're four and 12 or four and 13. Well, nobody would have been able to win with that roster. Right. Um, so you have all of those things where you're, where you're painting them and, but you can do that without actually winning a lawsuit. But, you know, again, this is about how many other people want to join in. This is a class lawsuit. A lot of the language in there as class lawsuits are, is, you know, they're creating a narrative. So there's two issues on this. I don't think the NFL fears the legal consequences because these guys have all the money. And they can settle or they can do that. There's only so much. But in terms of of shocking the system into being more equitable, um, I don't think really no matter where you stand, you sit there and say, hey, I want guys should have a fair shot at this. And, you know, the NFL only has 32 owners. 
and yet they have all these rules to try to stop each other from just totally ignore. They have a dreadful track record of, of who they hire, right. and it, it, and they and many many of the coaches are complete and utter failures. Uh, it's a very competitive business, but it's it's you know you just have to look at the same excuse being told our entire lives. I mean, this has been an issue for 40 years, 50 years. And it was an issue before, no one just talked about it, but it's been an issue our entire life and nothing ever changes. And you go, well, what what is wrong with that? Why is Brian Flores, who was a good coach in Miami, two out of three winning seasons, again, you take over a bad team, why why is he getting sham interviews? Jim Harbaugh will remain head football coach at the University of Michigan, despite traveling to Minnesota to meet with the Vikings about their head coaching vacancy. Angelique Shangalis covers U of M at the Detroit News, and here she is with Paul W. Smith and Sean Belegian. I do think he wanted this job. I, I think I've always believed that, that Jim Harbaugh, even when he took the job at Michigan, um, December t- 2014, that he always wanted to get back to the NFL, always wanted to try to win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, he was preparing for this interview. He was really working hard at it in the office Monday, Tuesday, trying to get some advice on on how to handle himself. And from all accounts and people I've talked to who cover the Vikings, and he, the, the interview did not go great. And I, I do believe that the Vikings wanted to hire Jim Harbaugh. I think that that was – that was what this was all about. You're not flying this guy in if you're not that serious about him, right? And and I think he was the first choice, and it just didn't go great. And, you know, these, this, the owners of the Vikings wanted a culture change from the previous regime. And, um, you know, I don't, I'm not sure that that's what was conveyed, that, that Jim, during his interview, uh, you know, what what it would be like. It, it didn't. He didn't convince them, obviously. And, and, you know, it's, it's, I don't look at this as this is his fallback, but he's coming back to Michigan, and I think a lot of, a lot of Michigan fans are pretty happy about that. I'm happy. I, I, Sean, are you happy? I think the Big Ten, Angelique, is a better place with Jim Harbaugh in it, whether you are a Michigan fan or not a Michigan fan. Big Ten's a better place with Jim Harbaugh in it. It's a different place. It's a more interesting place. I mean, look, sure. I think what he did last year with this team – was what everyone expected him to do early on. And, and look, I'm not saying he, he wasn't doing a good job early on. He had some 10-win seasons. He came close to beating Ohio State in 2016 and, and getting them to the level that he took them this past season. But I think that, you know, coming off of the 2020 season, I, I thought the incentivized contract, I think that got him motivated, too. That gave him a kick in the pants. And everyone saw the coach this past season – that I think everyone thought Jim Harbaugh would be from the get-go and, and consistently throughout these last seven years. So um, now it's about maintaining what they did last year. And and was last year a ceiling for this program? Maybe. But I, I think that, that Jim's got something built here now. He's, he's done a better job with recruiting. He's been a better coach. And he's got a better staff. So it's now can they build on this momentum? He Clearly, as you just put it, Angelique, even more so than I would have guessed, had a big interest in coming back to the NFL. In this case, uh, it was for Minnesota and the Vikings head job. But this doesn't wipe out. If he has an interest or a desire to get back to the NFL and to win a Super Bowl, then that means we might go through this again? Well, I mean, Paul, Adam Schefter 
reported that that Jim has told Ward Manuel, Michigan's AD, that this isn't going to happen again. He, you know, he's, he's devoted himself, obviously. He always has to Michigan. I'm not saying, suggesting otherwise, but that this won't happen again. But, look, I mean, I, you know, I, I still think if an NFL team comes to him next year and, and maybe they're further along in the process, they just say, look, we've identified you, we want you, then I think he looks again. But, I, you know, I don't think there's going to be this – Four, four to five weeks of what's he doing? Is he going to sign an extension? You know, all of that. I think that drama won't be there again. But um, he's he's 58. He'll be 59 next year during this next NFL cycle. And that's my other reason for thinking that this was the time. You know, he is getting older. And, and when you look at, at the landscape of the NFL now and even college coaching, the coaches are getting younger and younger. And, you know, this is going to pass him by if he really wants that opportunity. And, you know, his brother John Harbaugh spoke yesterday when they were introducing Mike McDonald as their defensive coordinator and said the the Vikings would be making a smart decision if they hired his brother. So, you know, I think he's got his brother's endorsement. It's just whether he can get an NFL team's endorsement and, and whether he wants to scratch that itch again. That'll do it for Pod Suey this week. For full interviews or anything else you might have missed, go to thegreatvoice.com. See you next time.